The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the podcast. Today I interview Carla. Now, Carla is um, a coach who works with people surrounding issues to do with alcohol and anxiety and she set up a business called um, Life Path uh, Coaching and she's also part of a group of other um, other coaches who, who work with people with alcohol related problems uh, called zeroprooflife.com. Um, now it's a really interesting area because certainly uh, for myself I know that alcohol has been something that has uh, has definitely at times made my my OCD and anxiety worse and harder to manage uh, so much so that I actually took a year completely off drinking uh, just to see how that would impact me and how I felt uh, and so we discuss a lot of the issues uh, that come up related to alcohol and anxiety problems and we discuss how to to manage alcohol in a better way, how to moderate, um, how to really reduce your your alcohol intake over time. Now, it's important to say here that, you know, for, for many of you, you may feel like you don't have a problem with alcohol and that actually, you know, it kind of helps you to relax. Um, you know, I don't want to be judgmental here. And, uh, you know, obviously for some people you can manage alcohol and that's not a problem at all. And it doesn't really Im- impact on your anxiety that much. Uh, but I know from personal experience that uh, for me, alcohol generally, when I drank too much, um, made the anxiety a lot worse over time. So if that's something that um, you can relate to, then perhaps this podcast uh, is for you. Uh, please remember, if you are someone who's really struggling with um, alcohol problems, make sure that you do uh, seek out professional support um, for this. Now, before we get going today, uh, just a quick reminder that you can go to my website and there you can download uh, the free mini course for OCD and anxiety. I've created a video course that's based on um, acceptance commitment therapy and uh, it's absolutely free. All you need to do is enter your email and you can have access to that. Within this mini course, there's loads of information about um, how you can apply acceptance to OCD how you can use diffusion techniques, uh, getting in touch with your values, and much more. Simply go to www.robertjamescoaching.com and uh, complete the form there, put your email in, and you have access to the course. Many thanks, guys, and I really uh, I really do hope you find today's podcast with Carla helpful. If you'd like to, to leave me a message, please feel free and enjoy. Okay, so welcome to the podcast, Carla. Thank you so much for having me. I really am excited to be here. No, not at all. Thanks, thanks for coming on. So um, to start off with, can you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please, and, and, and what you do? 
Absolutely. My name is Carla Atkins and I, um, I live in the United States. I live in a small um, beach town called Polly's Island. But yeah, so anyway, my business, I own um, Life Path Coaching, but basically my business is specifically, I really like my favorite thing is alcohol and anxiety. And the reason why those are my two favorite things, because that was so such a big part of my story for so long. Yeah. Um, so I really, I work with people that really want some freedom from alcohol. And a lot of times um, people will come to me for anxiety and come to find out alcohol is really playing a major role. They just really had no idea, you know, that it was impacting their anxiety that much. So that's what I specifically do. And then I also have a program with some other coaches that we call Zero Proof Life that it's a great program for like people that decide, okay, I took alcohol out. Now what? Like I want to work a little bit deeper. How do I do this? And just really thrive, you know? And so we do that program too. It's called Zero Proof Life. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I mean, I, I came across your profile on Instagram and, and I saw the, the combination of, of alcohol and anxiety. And I, I think it's something, I think I, we, I mentioned it briefly in uh, the messages we were toing and froing, is that it's often something that isn't really directly talked about that much. You know, and it's quite mysterious, I think, that that, that is the case, um, you know, when, when there is clearly a massive link between the two, no? Oh, 100%. And honestly, Rob, I didn't, no one talked to me about it either. And I, it was when I stopped drinking. And for me, drinking, it, it actually got me very sick. You know, alcohol is a dangerous um substance we think you know just because it's so normalized that you know nothing's going to happen to me um and unfortunately that was not the case for me but when i did stop drinking i remember thinking i mean what am i going to do for my anxiety now i mean because yeah. that was yeah that was the whole reason why i drank to begin with it was i know this will help me relax i just had that really strong belief and if you had told me back then that that alcohol was the one that was just fueling that anxiety. I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah. I just didn't see that link. And yeah. when I stopped drinking, it was it was probably like thirty days plus in that I really kind of started to start to ask myself, like, where did my anxiety go? Like, I it was a very subtle. Um, because you know, when we struggle with anxiety, it can be a it can be acute, yeah. or it can be that daily subtle, like it's just kind of yeah. kind of there. Kind of like I, I talk about, like the fire, and then there's the embers that are just kind of burning, and yeah. that low lying anxiety where we kind of just we feel it with us all the time, and it's so draining, you yeah. know. And that that low lying anxiety was just not there like it used to be. And I found myself just researching and like, okay, how is this? What is happening? And um, that is when I found um, Annie Grace. Annie Grace um, wrote a book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. And so 
I listened to a podcast of hers and she got into the science. It's very science based when Andy talks. And when she explained it, I mean, it was like all these light bulbs went off for me and I couldn't help but say, why didn't I know these things back when I was going to therapists and counselors and you name it, trying medicine to help with my anxiety. And, um, and I do want to say this too, because I think it's important is when people struggle with anxiety, removing alcohol um, is, can sometimes just be that first, but very important step. You know, um, it doesn't always just, I don't want to say that it goes away and then you're fine. But the thing that alcohol is doing is it's blocking, um, it's blocking medicine from being able to work. It's blocking that therapy, the tools that you're getting in that therapy from being able to work because alcohol is basically like throwing an accelerant on that low lying anxiety. And so it, and, and so it's not that it disappears. I actually, you know, I really, now I can put all the tools into place. And so I have certain times that I'm anxious, but it's easily controlled with doing things that are pulling out tools in my toolbox that I know that work, but it, I could not do that if alcohol was still in the picture. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I always say that, um, our bodies are these amazing vessels and it, it reminds me of a ship and our bodies just desperately want to maintain equilibrium and maintain balance. Mm. And it's constantly fight, you know, trying to maintain that balance. Yeah. And what happens when we drink is, you know, your body recognizes that a depressant is on board. Yeah. And so the ship is going, wait a minute, I recognize this. So it counteracts and all of a sudden it throws off, you know, adrenaline, cortisol to counteract the depressant. Yeah. And that's why alcohol is actually recognized as a stimulant and a depressant because of those two things. Again, never knew those. Yeah. Yeah, It's just such a, um, and then it comes, comes the balance where, um, you feel better because your, um, BAC, you know, blood alcohol conversation concentration went up. So you feel Mm -hmm. better. Yeah. It's just temporary. Um, cause then once you feel those stress hormones come on, then typically people don't stop at drink one. Mm -hmm. Um, but even if they do, Drink one, they, it's proven that it disrupts sleep. Just one drink disrupts your sleep. Yeah. And so, um, but that counterbalance of drink, then stress hormones released, mm. basically is why a lot of people wake up with that anxiety feeling, you know, the next morning where they feel really anxious after a night of drinking. Yeah, I mean, there's so many factors involved with it as well, isn't there? I mean, it's like... Uh... So often you end up eating like uh, bad food because you're, you've been drinking. You eat stuff that you normally wouldn't kind of eat and maybe you eat a lot more of it and that can also kind of lead you to feel worse in the morning. And then there's also the fact that, you know, like you, you might wake up in the morning slightly blurry, like, oh, hang on. But that kind of horrible feeling in the gut of your stomach, you know, right, where you're really, really thinking, what did I do last night? I did something... Uh, that I'm not proud of, but I can't remember what it was. And uh, maybe you have like a bit of a blackout from the night before, 
or you know and and this can cause a lot of anxiety uh you know like i, I work with a lot of people with ocd and, and and some people you know struggle with blackouts from from you know from the night before and you know a certain part of ocd is obviously obsessing about kind of uh, behavior like what could i have done last night during that time where i can't remember what i did and because the people can't remember it, it really really does cause them a lot of anxiety and they have to go and check with their friends and ask what what was i doing last night did i do anything strange did i you know was i flirting with somebody uh, that i wouldn't normally flirt with and all of these kinds of things you know it's um there's so many factors that can come into this kind of uh, anxiety that you have you know from a, you know with a hangover oh absolutely it's like a snowball effect and so it um because we coach um in the big groups and i think one of the benefit is to see so many people saying those exact things i mm. can't remember the end of the night mm. that in itself causes that angst inside of you so you're battling so many different things you're battling your you know whirling thoughts of what did i do mm -hmm. um the feeling of man i still have these stress um hormones going on in my body still so you're 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 fighting an uphill battle um yeah. and another thing that does is when people can't remember it it brings on shame and panic and it's like what why what's wrong with me mm. you know yeah 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 and i i think it's important for people to realize stop blaming themselves and look at the substance um cuz alcohol is just doing what it does i mean that's what it does it's not you are not flawed you are not broken it's just doing what it does and i think that's important and really important to start talking about because yeah. um you know it with alcohol it's it's truly it's an everyone problem it's a not an us versus them event like you have a problem and i don't alcohol yeah. will do that same thing to sally that says she doesn't have a problem and she doesn't remember from the night before she's gonna feel anxious and yeah. you know have those ruminating thoughts mm -hmm. and i can only imagine um, with OCD, how it would just amplify mm. um, all of those, you know, those intense feelings. I call it, um, you know, accelerants. Yes. You know, those accelerants come and, you know, it just amps up, you know, the anxiety or the ruminating thoughts, all of those things. Yeah. I also really like what you were saying at the start about, you know, kind of, uh, although, although stopping alcohol or really cutting it down, is is you know really beneficial and really helpful with the process of, of learning to overcome anxiety that in itself isn't going to isn't going to cure it and i give the example from from my own like life which was you know after reading um this naked mind and uh numerous other books on on alcohol uh this is probably about five years ago now i decided to take a like a year's break and well I started off initially just saying, okay, I'm going to try and do it a month. The month went by and then I was like, okay, I'll do three months. And I kept going. And in the end, I made it to like 13 months or 14 months, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. But my aim after six months, I was like, right, I'm going to, I'm just going to do the whole year. And I did feel, you know, I did gen, like genuinely feel a lot better, you know, a, a lot calmer when OCD did come up because, you know, or anxiety came up. It, it, you know, although it was, it was kind of there, it was 
a bit easier to manage, you know, because you were, you know, I had more equilibrium, like coming back to what you're talking about earlier as well about that, you know, it was like when you have more balance and, and when your body is working in the way it should be, it's so much easier for you to deal with, you know, these problems and thoughts when they come up into your mind. But, but it's not a cure in itself. I think, you know, like part of me thought, okay, if I just stop drinking, then that's it. I'm not going to have any anxiety anymore. You know, it's like, you know, yes. you're still going to have anxiety. Like I had anxiety when I was a kid, you know, and I certainly wasn't yeah. then. So it's, um, yeah. it's, it's uh, you're still going to have anxiety, but like you were saying, it will give you that space and that maybe that, that sense of um, confidence to be able to deal with things uh, in a better way. So yeah, if you're doing, if you're, if you're doing the therapy, that you need to do or if you're taking uh, SSRIs to help you with with anxiety then it's much more likely that these things are going to be effective and they're going to help you more if you're not drinking. Absolutely and one of my um, clients actually pointed that out recently she's like you know there's all these you know holistic and alternative approaches to help also and we you know I know I was guilty of saying oh that doesn't work for me and she was saying how she always said nothing worked for her mm. but she said you know I just don't I know now that I never really gave them a chance yeah. um, because I was drinking so you know heavily and that was just on board and that was something I did and I didn't remove that but there's still work to be done because yeah. the thing is, you know, with anxiety, so much in our thoughts and it's retraining our brain, you know, really working on automatic negative thoughts. What are we, what story are we telling ourselves? And so it's a lot easier to do that work and other work too, um, that you're having to do when you're feeling like you just said so beautifully balanced, mm -hmm. you're feeling, you know, your body is, at the place it's supposed to be. It's not trying to counteract something in the same moment. And so it, it really can give, cause it is, anxiety is there. I mean, anxiety is normal. And that's, I, I wrote something one time about how anxiety needs a different name because when we talk about anxiety, yeah. people so easily can blow it off. Like yeah. it's, yeah. oh, I get anxious too. And it, it really is different when it starts to creep in your life and take over. And I know what that's like. And it's, it's a really exhausting um, way to live. And I, I have so much empathy towards it. And so that's why I love talking to people about it. Cause I do, I, I think there is a big difference when there's someone like you that can help and talk to people because you live it as part of your story. You can, talk to people in a different way. It's just why I love talking to people about those subjects because I know what it's like. And so there's no judgment and there's no, you know, no judgment. I think that's the biggest thing. And so people can really talk about it freely is important. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a fascinating subject and uh, I really do think it's uh, it's a shame that it's not, it's not talked about more. It's um, because drinking is such a societal norm. No, we all do it. Uh, we're kind of almost in, 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 you know, indoctrinated into it as, as children. We watch our parents and we, we kind of think, oh, I can't wait to be 18 when I'm allowed to drink legally. Well, in the UK, in the US, I know it's a bit older. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, we, we have this thing in society where it's, 
you know, it's so, so glamorous, like drinking. Oh, it's romanticized. Big, yeah. And like you nailed it, it's, it starts when we're young. Yeah. Or the story is told us. And, you know, um, that's why, I, and I'm sure you read it in Annie's book was because she was VP of marketing before. So she knows marketing and she's mm -hmm. like, people need to know, like they don't spend billions of dollars on things if they don't work, you know? But you think about it, like it's always connected. Like even in movies, after a stressful day, someone will go, you know, be at the bar having a drink. You know, people say I'm stressed out. What is an automatic remote? You know, have a glass of wine. It is yeah. so ingrained. And so it is really difficult when it's so ingrained like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's um it's a difficult uh, situation and and I think I was talking about this a little bit earlier. I was quite frustrated, I think, uh, a number of years ago because I really wanted to find out, you know, like some, some, some good information about the link between anxiety and, um, and, and, al and alcohol. And I really struggled to find the information that I was looking for. When, when you type in kind of anxiety and alcohol into Google, what it uh, generally brings up is, is more information about addiction to alcohol and the kind of anxiety that you get from that. And, you know, as, as much as I used to drink a lot, um, you know, I, uh, these days I don't drink that much at all, but like I used to drink, I used to go out and binge drink a lot. Uh, and, um, you know, there's, there's just not much information for people who are not alcoholics, but who are mm -hmm. struggling from anxiety and who do kind of go out and, and maybe drink too much. And as there was at this time, there was almost no information about this. I think there's a little bit more now, but I don't know if this is by design, if, if the information is kind of pushed away by, by uh, you know, uh, for, for kind of commercial uh, reasons or, or whether, you know, whether it's just there's not much information there about it. Well, and you're so right. I think it's buried underneath there. And, you know, we do need to remember that, you know, the alcohol industry, they, they have a lot of power and a lot of money. So a lot of things get shoved away. But part of what I know I'm doing as a coach and my mission is to truly just change the way we view this. And it's, it goes to exactly what you just said. And that the way we have approached alcohol in general has created the issue because of the us versus them. Mm. Um, I don't even use the term alcoholic. I just don't even think it makes sense because it seems like we've only given alcohol um, a name like that. Yeah. We don't have nicotine-aholics. We don't have heroin-aholics. It's just mm. alcohol that gets that nice special name Yeah. because there's tons of people. And so my problem with that is that then we were blocking out how many people that just like you just said, they're not, they're not physically addicted. It's not, you know, that's not the issue. They're not a quote unquote labeled alcoholic, mm. but so they don't even have the chance to really find the information that can help them when we need to just start asking the question, how is it serving me? Yeah. How is alcohol serving me? And that's it. Not you have a problem, you know, Oh, guess what? You just said, I'm afraid of my drinking. So now you're afraid people are going to tell you, you can never drink again. That's the only other option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is insanity. I mean, we have to put people in the power seat, you know, and say, listen, okay, let's look about at this and let's learn from it. 
and approach it and, you know, let's stop drinking, do an experiment, see how you feel. How do you feel? No yeah. labels. Yeah. Um, okay. Now you drink no shame. What, how do you feel? What does that feel like to you? So people can make that decision for yeah. themselves. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. No, I think you're, I think you're definitely right. And it, it's, it's really interesting that, um, you know, that, that alcohol is, is viewed in this way where, like you were saying, you can use this name alcoholic. Uh, whereas maybe a better description would be addict, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it really, and again, it's, you can see how it's just created a barrier for people that are saying, well, I mean, I'm not an alcoholic, so I don't need to get help. I mean, the amount of people that I've talked to about a loved one, they'll say all these things that are happening to their loved one. And then I know what's coming. They're going to say, but he or she's not an alcoholic. And I'm like, that's fine. Let's just re remove that last term. We don't even need to talk about labels. Let's just talk about the things that are happening and let's learn some new ways in order how to deal with um, anxiety or, you know, ruminating thoughts, any of those things, but people even just associate it with fun. And that's the scary thing, you know, mm -hmm. is that we now associate a drug because that's alcohol is a drug. Um, and it's, it's killing a lot of people. And, um, I was reading statistics cause I'm actually creating a course right now for, um, the medical community just mm -hmm. to teach them about this method. So they know that there's something else out there for um, their patients that come in and are struggling yeah. um, because they, they really, they don't know about it. They only know about, you know, certain resources to um, offer their patients, but it's important for them to know, listen, I mean, the stats just keep rising. And unfortunately the age groups of people dying from alcohol is just getting younger so we need to be able to take a look at something and say the way we've approached this is just not working. <laughs> so let's, let's think of some other ways, not that the other traditional ways don't work, but they cannot be the only ways, the only avenue for someone to get help. We have to open up those doors for people to be able to ask questions. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I really, I really agree with, with everything you're saying there. And um, yeah, and, and I think, you know, being able to have more of a, a conversation ab ab about it, you know, because it really does feel like, uh, you know, like alcohol is just accepted as, as this thing. And uh, I, I do think it's positive that over the last few years with, you know, with the popularity of, of books like, you know, This Naked Life and uh, organizations mm -hmm. like um, Hello Sunday Morning, that was very popular for a while, it seems to have disappeared now, I'm not sure what's happened to that one. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, there was um, a few, um, One Year No Beer is another, you know, really interesting. Uh, yeah, that was that set up as that well. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, where you live, um, you have some amazing choices of zero proof drinks. That's why the program that we have, um, the other coaches and I is called zero proof, mm. uh, alcohol free. And, um, I'm hoping in the United States, they pick up the message that y'all have gotten of, we need to make some good drinks that don't include alcohol. And there yep. is a, a big movement. Cause I think there was club soda. Um, anyway, there's, 
that was a big Instagram following was Club Soda. I heard her, her speak at one of Amy Grace's live events. Yeah. And she even said, she goes, man, you know, in the United States, your choices just really suck. And I was like, I know, but we're getting better. And then actually that is the options out there are really growing. So people can, you know, because sometimes you want something else to drink at night and it's just nice to have. Yeah. It's, it's really funny that because, uh, so in the UK, yeah, the, the the way people drink in the UK, I think it's maybe more similar to how people drink in the US. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what the drinking culture mm-hmm. in the US, but you know, is. But from what I've seen in films and TV, it seems to be more similar to what it is in the UK. And that is, as soon as uh, you finish work, you're off to the pub, and then you know people drink pints of of beer, okay. and you know often you drink in rounds. So if you're with four friends you know, you tend to have to keep up, you know, your, and, you know, if you just do, if everyone buys two rounds, that's eight pints of beer. And, yes. it, and, and that's, that's a hell of a lot of uh, alcohol and there's a hell of a lot of liquid in just, you know, if you're just going to sit there and drink eight pints of water, like your body would struggle with that, let alone, oh, yeah. with, uh, you know, all these toxins in it. And uh, actually, I think something that really helped me with learning to, to manage alcohol you know a lot better was actually moving to to spain moving to barcelona because people here in general they have a much healthier relationship with alcohol uh people are able to go out and just have a couple of drinks and and stop and it seems to be the case here that you know the most important thing for them is the socializing and then alcohol is like an add-on you know to to that situation Whereas in the UK, it's it's the opposite of that. It really is. It's like you're going out to get to get drunk, and yes. you know, like uh, the socialising. Well, you know, if that's there too, then that's great. But uh, if not, then you can just sit there and drink anyway. You know, it's uh, and I think uh, culturally that's that's uh, that's a bit of an issue. I don't know if it's something to do with the weather. I think that could have a big impact on it. Obviously, in the UK where it's raining a lot. Um, you know, you have these, uh, I don't know, maybe you just want to get inside and, you know, you've had a long day at work and it's just easy just to kind of have a few beers to kind of deal with that. Before you know it, you've had 10 beers, you know, but yes. in Spain, it's, it's, it's easier to, to drink less. And in addition to that, what you were just saying, which I think is really interesting, is there's loads more choices for non-alcoholic drinks. So every bar has bottles of you know uh like zero zero uh beer for example oh yeah and i i now like uh, since i did my year of no alcohol i I started drinking like those things and they're great you know like oh my gosh listen yeah they have done a great job i mean of really stepping up their game on those drinks they're fantastic Mm -hmm. and um the wine industry is picking up on it now too and just going wait a minute we see this this part of the market growing so we need to jump on and so the thing is okay jump like give us some good options to choose from and it is important because it should be important to be have it be lower on the chain than it is right now right now it's like the first thing that comes is like okay alcohol then we'll socialize, then we'll do those things. And, and unfortunately, <clears throat> alcohol has really gotten into 
um, the mom culture. And that's just really hard for me to watch where it's just kind of like that mommy needs a drink at five o'clock culture. And yeah. it's, um, we're, it's pains me cause I can just see what are then we teaching the children, you know, yeah. we're teaching children. Okay. First of all, you're stressful. So then, but what helps with that? Yeah. It, alcohol. And it's, it starts so, starts so young and um, we just, we need to change the message. And I think if we, it doesn't need to be demonized. It's just, we need to know facts about what it is, what it can do. And then you can make the decision and not you know it's just the, it's so blurred right now and just people don't equate alcohol as the problem they blame the person not the substance yeah and that that's where we we have a big gap so a lot of work to be done but it the movement is growing and i think that is the key start and so i'm excited about that and i'm excited about being a part of that movement so yeah and and, and do you do you think it's um it's best for people to aim to kind of completely cut alcohol out of their lives. I know like uh, Annie, Annie Grace's message is kind of quite a lot about, about that. Um, you know, or do you think it's, it's because for me now, you know, after doing that year, I decided to start drinking again, but um, you know, a lot less. And, yeah. and, and now I'm able to, to manage it much better. And, you know, occasionally I might have one or two too many but most of the time it's just, I have a few and I'm happy with that. And it's, yeah. and that's okay. You know, so what, what, would yeah. you, what do you recommend to people? Does it depend on the person and what, how they're struggling? And yeah, I, I always suggest like trying to, you know, stopping for a little while, engage your, like get some experiences and how do you feel? How are you sleeping? Yeah. You know, how was that wedding? Was it fun? You know, if, and it's really those, like, how do you feel when it gets out of your system? And actually, um, I heard an interview, and I think his name is, he's a physician here in the States, and he says it so beautifully. It's exactly what, it goes to the point of what you're saying, and the approach is all wrong. We're approaching this subject by saying, cut out 100%. And he was like, you know, medically, we don't even approach people that way. You know, we approach with the smallest, you know, amount of treatment first. Mm. So that might be, why are we not treating it at, okay, the level of, let's just look at it, learn about it, you know, remove it for a while. If you want to introduce it back in, see how it works for you and then keep moving, yeah. you know? Um, and instead with someone that is going in with, if we, if it looks, the treatment looked the same that we were treating alcohol, like we did medically, if someone went in with hip pain, the first piece of treatment would be a hip replacement. Take yeah. it out. Yeah. You know, and people would be like, whoa, I need, yeah, I need some physical therapy first. Or, you know what I mean? We yeah. have to, we need to have the subject and alone be more approachable. Mm. And that's where um in coaching and being um uh this naked mind coach, we really approach people stopping drinking where like let's say they drink. We don't we don't say that that's a relapse or a failure we call it a data point yeah. because it means you just what information did you gain out of that experience yeah don't you didn't you know there's no counting days it's how how is this serving you how did that make you feel and so the individual can learn for themselves yeah if people just stop and then they're using basically willpower 
they're never going to break away from it because they still think alcohol is what helps with their anxiety. Alcohol is what equals fun. Alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. And so they're ultimately going to go back to it and use it the exact same way. Yeah. If you just like you did can approach it and okay, let me learn about this. Mm. Let me learn about what it's doing. And you're approaching it with a much more informed way. It looks completely different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's why, you know, like uh, working with a coach such as yourself, you know, who knows about this stuff or, or kind of reading, you know, uh, and also reading uh, like Annie Grace's book, you know. Oh, her book is um, amazing. It's helping people that don't struggle at all with alcohol and they have a loved one that it's a great, yeah. it's such a great starting point. And I think that's what um, is exciting, that view and there's more and more coaches and believe me, I mean, especially where I live, no one knows about this method. And so people think it is, and there's, it's actually quite controversial. Like when you, I think AA alcohols, Alcoholics Anonymous is so ingrained here. And again, I think it's, I'm so glad that that option is there because it's helped many people, but we cannot shut the door on other ways different ways to view it, different ways to learn it and provide a different way for people to break free from it. That to me is dangerous, but people don't like that opinion very much, but I think it's important for people to know. Yeah. I think like also like the, the all or nothing approach is, you know, it's like black and white thinking from like CBT in a way, you know, it's kind of, it's quite problematic because it's uh, you know, like if you, what, what tends to happen, particularly at the start when you're trying to modify your drinking is, is that, you know, you might do really well for a couple of weeks and, it, and actually you should be really giving yourself a pat on the back because, you know, like that might be the first time in years that you've gone a week or two weeks without drinking anything. Um, but then for some reason, you know, something happens or an event comes up or someone, you know, really wants you to have a drink with them and suddenly you get caught out. And then the next day you wake up with a massive hangover and you think, oh no, I'm back to square one. And like, what a waste of time, I'm an idiot. And you start giving yourself, you know, like berating yourself for it. And it's quite, you know, it's really unnecessary, you know, because it's, uh, it's part of the process that you might have a little relapse here and there. And, you know, that's okay. Like as long as the, as long as you're still making progress over time, that's the important thing. Oh yeah. Um, uh, we talk, we talk a lot as, um, coaches that, um, in this naked mind, we talk about the moving walkway, kind of like you see at airports, like mm. you kind of jump on when you start this process, you're on a moving walkway. You never go back to day one. You know, you may turn around, but you're always moving forward. And um, I'll never forget when I stopped drinking, I did go because I thought it was kind of, it was before I found Annie Grace, before I found the method. I just kind of was like trying to figure this thing out. I remember I went to a meeting and um, an AA meeting and this guy, um, told me he's like be careful counting days because you know i went 16 years and i you know i basically just drank and then i lost everything and i remember him telling me that like he lost all that time because he drank once and i remember thinking that's so confusing to me how did you lose all this time that you had and so because the heaviness 
and the pressure of that thought. Mm. He just went back to drinking for years in a yep. dangerous amount. Yep. And, um, and it's what you're talking about is the accelerants that I was mentioning earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, if you stop drinking, but yet you still hold the belief that alcohol, alcohol wasn't the problem you are, alcohol helps with your anxiety and stress and think that it serves all and does all these jobs when an accelerant comes like a pandemic or you know loss of a job loss of a loved one you name it a stressor an accelerant comes in their brain goes i know what helps with that alcohol does and yeah. so you go right back to it when you stop drinking and you take the time to learn what alcohol does in your body what it does, the science, like we talked about the ship and anxiety, when you learn all those things and you break those thoughts down, you remove all those things that you believe that alcohol does for you. And mm -hmm. so it doesn't hold that power. And so when accelerant comes, you're not going to be at risk for going back because you know, it's probably the last thing that you want to do, you mm -hmm. know, is to drink. Yeah. And so it's like, wait, okay, I know I need to dig in my toolbox. What do I have that I can help myself here? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, so it's really important to go through people's thoughts and beliefs. And that's what we do as coaches, really break that down, help them realize and see what role it played in their life. And, and again, not put everybody in a box. Everybody has their own story with drinking. They are, you know, individuals when it comes to this. And um, I always support people that stop drinking and they want to um, try and moderate. My thought on a, as a coach in that way is I want you to try, but you know, I want you to know that I'm still here if you're struggling with it. So I can help you figure out why, yeah. you know, um, it, people that go and they stop because they feel good it's really difficult if you've set those, if you have some firm beliefs set up, that means you've got some pretty good neural pathways built that your body goes, Oh, I know this road. And you go right back to where you were because yeah. they didn't spend time really working on their thoughts. And yeah. that's where it goes to what we were talking about earlier, Rob, about how everybody's going to be different mm. um, and how they approach it and what it may look like afterwards. Yeah. But I just do, I feel strongly that if someone still believes, I I really think I want to try it again. They're going to eventually. So why not? Let's kind of do it together. Like, let's see how you feel. Make sure you're not feeling that shame. How mm. is it making you feel? Did it make you feel better? And have them be the gauge. And that's how people work their way out of it. Okay. For you can find that freedom. And it's really finding freedom. So they don't think it holds any power for them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and something else I wanted to mention is, um, you know, again, from that personal experience, really, and, uh, and you know, like talking to, to other people who've struggled with um, alcohol-related kind of issues, is, is the way that alcohol can kind of, you know, at, attack the, the very resources that you need to kind of fight, fight it uh, in the first place. Um, for example, you know, like when you wake up with a hangover, you know, you may have been very well-intentioned the day before. You may have thought, right, tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go for a run. And then I'm going to get on this project. And then I'm going to do this other thing that relates to my values that, you know, is important to me. And uh, then you have, you know, you have a gin and tonic at the end of the night. And that gin and tonic is enough to kind of push you over the edge, meaning that in the morning when you do wake up, 
you know, the last thing you want to do is, is go for a run. And, you know, probably you're not going to be able to focus enough to be able to get on with that project. And actually, you know, that thing that's related to your values, mm, I'd rather just watch Netflix and uh, eat a bacon sandwich. And, uh, you know, like, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a real shame because, you know, it, alcohol really does, you know, rob us of these resources that enable us to, 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 to do the things that are important to us in, in our life. Um, so it's just, it's just another area, I think. You know, what do you, what do you think about that? Oh, uh, absolutely. And I think because of everything that we've talked about that we know that it does as soon as you drink one drink, I mean, one drink, it directly impacts our prefrontal cortex. So that's our decision-making or all that kind of stuff. So that's where things tend to go out the window. Yeah. And again, whenever your sleep is impacted, our sleep is so important to us, nutrition, you name it. And what I think, I think is interesting and it goes along with what you're saying is that, um, and I can't remember where I read it, but basically it was a study out there and they were saying that in Silicon Valley and the States here, mm. um, you know, investors, so big investors that are like looking at these young entrepreneurs and see what they've got, they're actually really starting to invest in people that are alcohol free because mm. of what you just said. They've seen these people are on it. They, you know, they're not procrastinating. They're do, yeah. they, they, they set their mind to something and they're doing it. So they're, they've seen something in that. And so a trend has gone in there where they're like looking at the people and make, you know, listen, are they a drinker? And I think yeah. that's huge, especially when we used to kind of like this good old boy, people in suits and scotches in their hands, that view. Now it's kind of like, wait a minute we see what actually alcohol does to people. And this could be it, not people with the problem, not people are struggling, but any drinking just messes up with people's priorities. You know, it can really mess with their goals and how they're feeling. And I, so I think that was interesting, an interesting take mm. on how um, big investors are looking at who yeah, they're really absolutely. put their money into. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's very telling, isn't it? Very telling. Um, it is, yeah. 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 And um, a big, I think a, a, a big part of the reason for, for why most people drink is, is a lot to do with, you know, social anxiety. And if you're somebody who really struggles with anxiety anyway, then social anxiety can be, you know, a real torment. Um, and so if people are going to kind of challenge themselves, you know, I think one of the, the, the trickiest things is negotiating that that social anxiety because you don't you're not going to have that crutch anymore you know to kind of hide behind which is obviously alcohol and you know you need to kind of face those those inner demons a little bit um to do with you know with with the with the anxiety and and in, in social situations do you have any tips for for people for how they can kind of manage that uh, that situation without alcohol uh, absolutely because it's one of the it's, it's one of the first things people really want to work on because what you just tapped on is huge. It's um, people are get insecure um, in themselves and, um, and going into social situations for many people is very difficult. And I get it because I was one of those people. Um, but we do um, a lot of tactics. But what I always encourage people to do is one, before the event, is really take yourself through that event. I mean, everything that you can think of, let's say you're going to a work party, you know, 
go into the, okay, what is the gonna, drive going to be like? How am I going to feel? What am I going to, put yourself in a, an observer role. Who are you going to see when you get there? What are you going to talk about? And if you can, what's really impactful with this tactic is before the event, you know, write, write all those things out and then scale it and think, how, how bad do I think this is going to be? What do I think this is going to be like? Another big thing is planning and what are you going to drink? Plan that before you get there. You know, if you're going to a restaurant, you can, you know, always just see if they have something fun to drink in the States, that's sometimes harder, that's alcohol free, but you know, plan what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Um, planning the evening is so important. And because with anxiety and social anxiety, we start to tell ourselves stories before we even get there of, oh, I'm going to feel like this. I'm going to talk. What if they ask me that? And so we, before we even get to the event, we're already worked up. You know, so if you take yourself through it, rank it, and then actually when you leave, take a look back at what you thought beforehand. Mm. Most of the time, it's not anything that we thought it was going to be, you know, was not really that bad. Yeah, um, and for my people that are really new going into um, events, alcohol free is they just really, it's good to have support. So have them um, go in with a plan and uh, but like tell some, make sure you're telling someone there. So, so if someone's really wanting to like, I really don't want to drink tonight. Mm. Tell your friend that there, listen, I'm not going to be drinking tonight. I just want you to know that. And so you have some support or yeah. a lot of times when the groups I work in, they'll message the group and say, okay, I've got this thing. And so they have people pouring in there with support. Like you've got this, you can do it. It's so nice when you struggle with things that you just, it makes you feel very isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. And so if you can give yourself some support and people that believe in you, even if that's virtually, it's, it feels good. You go in yeah. with a different confidence yeah. and then um, it's always fine to ghost. And what I mean by ghost is if you need to leave, you need to leave. You know, yeah. people right. always, we tend to overthink, okay, I can't leave without, then it's going to be noticeable if I leave. You know, yeah. I always I tell my this person and this person, yes. and, this person and maybe all this conversation. And yeah, it's uh, sometimes leaving is, is the most difficult thing. <laughs> oh, it was for me. I was like, oh, and then they're going to think this if I leave early. Listen, yeah. always give yourself permission to ghost. You went, you talked to people and that's what should matter. And yeah. if you need to leave, you need to leave. Yeah, so um, those are the, the tactics that we work with, just a few of them when people are dealing with something um, that deals with social anxiety and try not to drink. Yeah, we, we, tend, we tend to overthink these situations, as we were saying at the start of the conversation. The anticipation yeah. of an event is often so much worse than, than the, uh, the reality. And so, yeah. And so, yeah. And I have another question that, that's kind of related to this, because when I wasn't drinking for a year, this was something that was quite annoying that, that came up, you know, quite a lot. Uh, not in every social situation, but like sometimes it would come up. And, and when it did, it could be quite awkward. Uh, you might have an inclination as to what I'm going to ask. But I already know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is obviously when you're out and, you know, people notice that you're not drinking. Uh, and this would be something that would happen more in the UK. I, I would say in Spain it would happen less because you can just order an alcohol-free beer. It looks like a normal beer 
And, you know, most people don't even realize, particularly if they're drinking anyway, because they're kind of drunk and they're kind of like, you know, they just don't really pick up on, on everything, like, you know, small details like that. But in the UK, it would be more obvious because uh, non-alcoholic beer doesn't really exist that much. And people can just tell. And so when, people, when you get that annoying person who really wants to know, why are you not drinking? You know, like, uh, what, do you, what do you recommend to people to say to that person? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I definitely knew what you were going to be going for. That is such a huge topic. Mm. And it was one of the very first things that I noticed when I stopped drinking. Yeah. I looked back in, um, in a journal that I was writing in and I, you could almost just see my pain in the writing. I was like, because I, again, I would it just stopped drinking. I was trying to figure out the world on my own anyway. And then I would get asked. And so then my social anxiety would go up because I'm like, well, I don't know what to say. And because mm. quite honestly, you know, it's, people don't need to hear your personal story at the nice. front door of a, of a, you know, or at the bar. What it, I, I, I wrote um, actually a blog on this and it got some really great attention because I wanted people that were non-drinkers to see how much this question did not make sense you know, and it was basically setting up the scenario of, okay, um, what if someone came, like, what if you came to someone's house and you said, you know, I would like a glass of wine. And they said, oh, are you sure we have water? <laughs> yeah. And you said, actually, yeah. I think I'm going to have a glass of wine. You know what? We have some sparkling water, flavored water, whatever you want. And the insanity of that picture yeah. that was painted kind of put people in this place of, oh my gosh, because I've asked people before, why aren't you drinking? You know, like, because they'll offer, and that's another thing that will happen. People will offer, keep offering you drinks. Well, yeah. I'm good with water. Well, we have this, this, and that. And so the idea, it just is insanity. And so again, I, I always, um, especially if people are new to stopping drinking, sometimes it's just the simple steps of always make sure you have a drink in your hand. You can just say, listen, I am thirsty. I've got this. I'm good. And a big thing. And again, this was for me. I had a lot of work to do on me, not worrying what people thought about me. And the thing I tell people all the time is, if alcohol has become a problem and it's something you're trying to work on, not everybody deserves your story. You know, you don't have to tell them anything. You know, you could be making a health choice and, you know, just simply saying, you know what, I've cut it out right now because I'm working on my nutrition. Mm. I've cut it, you know, it's just, um, cause that makes sense to people. Yeah. Um, and people that have been struggling, I, they need to really protect themselves and do whatever it takes in the beginning. And if you eventually want to tell people um, why and what, then that is totally your prerogative and you do that. Mm, but definitely. in that moment, yeah. I, you know, you do not feel like you have to explain to someone. And, um, you know, again, if the easy routes are always, you know, I'm, I'm, cutting back on certain things and alcohol is not, you know, I can't drink for this 30 days. Cause that's really popular. It's kind of like these whole 30 or different things with nutrition. And that makes sense to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's, but what you're saying is unfortunately very true. And because it is such the norm, yeah. it is so ingrained people, 
not even, and they could be asking very innocently, but why yeah. are you not drinking? And women struggle a lot too, if they're in a certain age group, because then people assume that they're pregnant. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. It, it, it is quite bizarre. You know, they, that they say that, that alcohol is the, the only drug that you have, you have to justify for, for not taking. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it really is so true. Yeah. And uh, it's it's ridiculous, but I I know like I'm not perfect. I know in the past I've probably you know have been like you know when I was drinking a lot and being out with friends and if someone said to me I'm not drinking, you know I, I'm I'm sure I would have you know, potentially given given them a hard time for it because same it, here it's a cultural I, thing like we kind of feel like okay I'm drinking and so there's this weird thing where we almost expect everyone else to be drinking. Yeah. And quite honestly, what I've seen is it can really, it can make people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if someone's wrestling, which most people do silently for a long time, if someone's wrestling with their own drinking yeah, and someone comes and says, I'm not drinking, I'm good. Inside of that person, it kind of is like, whoa, why aren't they not drinking? It, it, it can make people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And what I really try and point out and people, when they're, willing to listen to the people that are non-drinkers is they'll say, well, I feel like they're judging me because I am drinking. Mm. And the question that they need to ask themselves is, isn't it quite the opposite? Haven't you just judged them because they're not, mm. you know, um, yeah. no one would come in a room and ask you why you're drinking a glass of wine. It would be so socially inappropriate. It's not funny. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't believe they just asked me that, you know, oh, yeah, you get, in that drug. How yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. It, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So why, if people cannot see the insanity of, you know, it is a drug, it is, um, a known carcinogen has been for years. Um, but yet we, will ask someone and it makes, it makes people uncomfortable. And I, I, those are the things, Rob, that I'm really hoping with these different, these movements and insight and change happening, um, that those kind of things can change, you know, yeah. because it, if you're talking with people reasonably, they will see that and understand, you know, that is kind of strange. I don't know why I do that. You know, why do I do that? It's yeah. again, it goes along with what's ingrained in people. I, I think things are beginning to, to change slowly. I do too. I really do. I really do. I do think people are becoming, you know, more accepting. And, and like you said, like the, the fact that things like 30-day challenges are becoming more popular, it's easier to brush things off with, with things like that. So I think the important thing is just to kind of, you know, to say to people, if you are thinking of kind of, you know, giving, giving it a go, giving like a, you know, stopping alcohol for a, for a month or something a go, you know, don't be put off by, by these people who, who do challenge you because, you know, it's just, that's just what they think. And maybe they just think that in that moment, because they've had a drink or two and actually the next day they might, you know, if they did give you a hard time, they might think about that and be like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that to that person or, you know, and, uh, and, but ultimately like we can only do, you know, we, we, we can't change other people's opinions and minds. We can only focus on what we can do. You know, so I think it's important to just to focus on what we're doing. You know, we're doing something because we want to be healthy, because we want to be positive. You know, maybe we want to address our, our drinking and we're doing it for, for those reasons. And what other people think, although it can be annoying, ultimately it doesn't really matter. 
Absolutely. It, and, and that's hard. That's one of the things, a subject that I can work on with people for a long time is, is gearing, like kind of moving away from that. Um, Cause it can be very freeing holding on to the belief that you just said, wait, breaking free from caring what other people think is hard, mm. but it can be one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself. Mm. And I think it's conversations like this that are going to help make that change happen. Cause most people don't, want to be putting their friend in an awkward position. Most yeah. people don't want to, you know, make people feel uncomfortable. It's just understanding and kind of looking at it through a, a different lens view. Wow. I mean, that doesn't make sense. I need to stop doing that. And, um, and with that comes along with people seeing alcohol for what it is and that it is a drug. It is, um, a top it's, it's a toxin for our bodies, but it, the bottom line is not putting it on the pedestal that it is put on. And that's the main thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so if people do kind of uh, decide to, to give this a go, you know, if they wanted to kind of challenge themselves to, to go alcohol free for, for a month, for example, just to start off with, what are some of the benefits that they might start to notice, you know, over, over the weeks? Oh, I, I, that is probably one of the most exciting things to watch is people will, and we always suggest that people take a selfie before they start. Um, so just like a good, right in, you know, in your face, you don't have to show it to anybody, but take a selfie before you start. There are such dramatic differences in people's faces. I always can tell in the people's eyes right away is the eyes tell it all. But a lot of times people, you know, just the puffiness goes down, the eyes are brighter. It just, their face takes on this different look. But um, another thing that happens that because people are wearing, you know, the, the Apple watches more where it's monitoring your health, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the night, it's kind of seeing, that has been really cool. I really wish um, some people would like do it in a study to see what it actually does for a big group of people. Because when people monitor that, the health benefits are insane. Their resting heart rate goes down. They yep. immediately start sleeping better throughout the night. You yep. know, resting heart rate, that's a significant thing, you know, that throughout the day, and again, yeah. it correlates with anxiety you know, it's, it's lower. And so, um, people are really seeing some big benefits that way too, but there, there's just such a physical difference because of what it does to our skin and we're dehydrated, all these things, they add up and we had no idea. Mm. There's some pretty dramatic before and after pictures from just 30 days. Yeah. So it's, it's really, and that's encouraging to people too, you know, cause it's like, oh my gosh, I can see that I remember when the first time I stopped drinking one time, people were like, what are you doing? Like, what did you do? Like kept asking me. And I was like, I stopped drinking, you know, and it's just cause there was such a difference. And, um, it, and that really helps encourage people in the process too. Yeah. Cause they're like, man, I didn't realize it was having that impact on me physically, like how I look, you know? So it's, it's, it's an exciting thing to watch. And it's just one of the, many benefits um to people that are are trying to stop for a little bit fantastic okay and if you could give kind of one one tip to people who are you know struggling with anxiety maybe 
maybe alcohol is, is part of the problem as well. What, what kind of, what tip would you, would you give them? Um, I would definitely ask them if they could remove the label fear of people being afraid that they were addicted to alcohol or that label that I've already said that I can't stand an alcoholic, mm. you know, would they approach stopping alcohol differently and would they approach it more like an experiment or part of their, um, their, um, medical journey towards stopping? Like, would they put that on the table if they could remove their preconceived notions about what it looks like to someone stopping alcohol? Because for someone that is struggling with it, I know what that is like, and I know how um, debilitating that can be. And it's, 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 a, it's very difficult. Um, but I do want them to think, would they take a medicine that said that was going to have that much impact on them feeling better? Would they do that? You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I promise like them removing that one block and starting to work on it, they're going to see huge differences. It's just yeah. it's just what's going on in the body alone. And so I would really encourage them to see if they could look at stopping alcohol, looking at that a little bit differently, see it as more approachable, not getting labeled, mm. try it, see how you feel and yeah. then go from there, you know, and not thinking like we talked about, like if I stopped and I can never drink again, I can never do all these things again, just walk into it with a different set of lenses. And I promise they're going to see some big results. Fantastic. That's, I think it's a really, uh, a really nice point there to, to end with. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. And if people want to, to find out more about you and the work that, that, that you do, like what can they, how can they get in touch with you and uh, how can they find out more about, about your work? Absolutely. I have a website and it's just my name. It's CarlaAdkins.com. And also we, I'm not sure when this will be played, but I mean, we're doing a November, the coaches were doing a November zero proof life and we're going to gear it towards um, helping people during the holidays. So, so being alcohol free, but it's full of tactics and different things people can do to help themselves out yeah. um, to really go into the holiday season, feeling good and um, confident with their choice of not wanting to drink. And so that, um, that you, they can find that information on my website, but we also, um, have a website there too, is the zeroproofLife.com. but any of those places they can find out what I'm doing. And listen, I want to just say, I've appreciated this opportunity. I really have. And anytime I can talk about anxiety and alcohol, and it, if you had told me this 10 years ago, I would have thought you were nuts, but it's really my favorite things to talk about. So I really enjoyed this conversation. So thanks for letting me have the opportunity to do that. Oh, no, me too. Thanks a lot for coming on. And, uh, you know, maybe in the future we could, we could look at doing something else, maybe look at a, a specific topic and uh, discuss it some more. Because I think, you know, there's, it's such a big area, like you say, it's potentially so important for, for some people who are struggling with anxiety problems. And so, Absolutely. so yeah, there's, there's a lot to, a lot, a lot to go over. And I think it's interesting as well that you just mentioned the, the holiday season, you know, uh, you know, often it's, uh, it's a tricky time 
you know it's uh there's all there's all these social pressures where we're kind of expected to be to be happy because it's christmas and you know yeah here and all this this kind of stuff obviously uh in the states you have um you have uh, even more kind of festivities going on as well so yeah it's, it's a tricky time yes so <laughs> yeah it is and i you know it, it's fun to be able to help people because the bottom line is we need to be enjoying the season for what it is there for, you know, the whole reason behind it, but being able to enjoy family and friends. And that can be hard when you're trying to make some big changes in your life. And so that's what some other coaches and I are designing this program around and just to help people out and have that support system. Yeah. So I'm telling you when you can go in and, and just put a post and say freely say, Oh my gosh, I'm going into this um, party and I'm not going to drink. And you just have a whole bunch of people giving you support and, um, you know, tactics and you can do it. it. It makes such a world a difference. And so it's fun to watch and be a part of that. Fantastic. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Remember, if you want to know more about me, you can check me out on Instagram, Robert James Coaching UK. You can go and join the Facebook group if you like, the Robert James Coaching Anxiety and OCD Support Group. And also you can check out my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.